everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats, what he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too, with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Diamond this week is asking the question uh, of two old heads, two people who've been around the Vikings for a long time. Is this the most exciting Vikings regular season ever? Uh, and it might be. Uh, we'll kick that around here on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Uh, Jeff, of course, former Vikings general manager. I'm Jim Suhan, former Vikings beat writer, uh, Star Tribune columnist. Our, our producer is Brianne Burdett. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Uh, we also recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's the easiest way to listen. It's free. Uh, you should do it, and we would appreciate it. So, Jeff, let's get right into it. Uh, is this the most exciting Vikings regular season ever? Yeah, I, I was kind of racking my brain about that, Jim, and thinking about going back. And, of course, there's six more games to go in this regular season with the Vikings sitting at 9-2, and two, which is dramatically better than any of us would have projected at this point. And, obviously... The, the story of the 2022 Vikings will be told in the final analysis on what happens in the playoffs and, and how effective they are in the postseason, if they can advance at, at least one round and perhaps two rounds. And who knows, all of a sudden you get hot and, and you, you can make it to a Super Bowl. But I, I believe that this is the most exciting, dramatic season regular season thus far in Vikings history. I, I really believe that when you've, when you're talking about a team that's got now they are eight, no and one score games, they've had six come from behind wins in the fourth quarter and overtime. As we said, I've watched this team since 1961, spent 23 years in the front office, seen a lot of exciting regular seasons <clears throat> and some that wound up in division titles and Super Bowls and all that. And the playoff runs are fantastic, and that will tell the story, of course, in the long run. But I really believe kind of culminated with the Buffalo and New England victories kind of leading the way that this is the most exciting Viking regular season in history thus far. That's fascinating. What do you think? <laughs> well, I would say that, listen, I, you know, I wasn't of age and I wasn't in Minnesota during the Tarkenton year. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to compare this year to any of those years because I just wasn't watching, uh, you know, in a very close way. Uh, so I will kind of go in the Metrodome, era, Metrodome, downtown Minneapolis era. Let's put it that way. And the only, you know, two, uh, 1998, was thrilling and exciting because they were blowing everybody out and setting offensive records. But that's not the kind of excitement we're talking about here. We're talking about the kind of excitement where every game feels like it's momentous and comes down to the last couple of possessions and the games are worth watching for 60 minutes every week. The only uh, other season that, that I started wondering about, I just looked it up to kind of double check my memory. 2009, you had the Favre drama. Uh, they win, you know, they win a couple games relatively close early. They have the 
incredible Favre pass to Greg Lewis in the back of the end zone to come back to beat the 49ers, 27-24 to go 3-0 and and make everybody wake up and go, oh, this might be special. Then they, uh, you know, they beat, Favre beats Aaron Rodgers twice. Uh, they had a really close game against the the Baltimore Ravens, uh, winning by two points. Uh, you know, they had a late season little swoon where they lost to Carolina and Chicago. Then they come back. And uh, so I think that season, when you combine Favre, some close games, the Aaron Rodgers uh, matchups, I think that was the most exciting Viking season to date in the modern downtown era. But it wasn't as exciting on a week-to-week, game-by-game basis as this year's because this year's, as you said, I mean, pretty much every Every victory other than the opener against the Packers has come right down to the last possession. Yeah, and I think part of the reason it's been so exciting this year is because the defense has been so up and down. Right. And a situation where now they're ranked 32nd in the league, dead last against the pass, which is amazing to be a 9-2 and team and have those kind of numbers even though the Chiefs have had some years where they've been way down defensively but have still had great teams because their offense has been so tremendous. And But this Vikings team, I think that's where you have, have the discussion, how far can they go in postseason if they don't shore things up on, on defense? And certainly it will help to get Dalvin Tomlinson back. He's projected to return this week against the Jets. They have definitely missed his interior pass rush. He is one of the best interior pass rushers in the league, and that really helps things set up things for, for Hunter and Zadarius Smith on the edge. So, so they've missed him really badly, uh, and, and also in run defense too, even though the other guys have, have tried to hang in there and done okay. But Tomlinson's a, a very important piece, which he should be. He's making whatever $10, $11 million a year that you expect him to be a big-time player. And so I think from that perspective, with the defense having struggled, giving up 382 yards passing to Mac Jones, who'd, who'd been had such an average season until the Patriot game, that is part of the reason why these games have been so close, that the defense has kind of kept them in there. Now they have made a lot of takeaways this season, but the last two games against Dallas and New England, no takeaways, and that... If they're going to give up so many yards, especially in that intermediate passing game, then they sure as heck better make some more takeaways as they were doing during a lot of the wins that happened in this streak and Harrison Smith making interceptions and, and all the things that were happening. They need that defense to make takeaways and pick it up again this week against a, a quarterback in Mike White who does not have a lot of experience, who's going to come into a very, very loud stadium. The Jets are one of the big surprises this year. I think it's going to be a really fun game, which is great. Who would have thought back, and I know, Jim, we always look back at the beginning of the season, kind of make our little picks. You, you go through the schedule and you pick games and you say, ah, yeah, the Jets, for sure that's, that's a win. The Giants here, for sure that's a win. Well, some of these games are harder now than they appeared at the time which is what Bud Grant always said. It, it's who you. It's not who you play, but when you play them. And the Jets are coming off a big win over the Bears. The Bears didn't have Justin Fields last week and all that. But as our old friend Tyler Conklin, the, the Jets tight end, ex-Viking, said, these are not the same old Jets. And that's very clear, especially on defense, where they are top five in the league in, in points allowed after last year being one of the worst in the league. They, they allowed – 
30 points a game last year, Jim. They're only allowing 18 this year. That's that's a really dramatic change. It is. And I thought, you know, listen, not every coach really deserves a long leash. But in this case, I think the, the Jets did well by sticking with Salah. He, you know, he was a, a very highly thought of defensive coordinator. He seems to have leadership characteristics. And and he's, you know, th- this team has been good. And, and I really did feel like uh, Wilson was holding them back. And that was kind of, listen, small sample size against a bad defense but boy Mike White came out last week just gunning the ball um, and if you add take their running game their defensive front their defensive expertise and add in a passing game and they do become problematic this might be this could be the toughest game the Vikings have left it could be definitely and because we don't know what the Packers are going to look like in January we, we don't know what the Giants are going to look like on on Christmas Eve I think at Detroit next week is not going to be an easy game they've been playing well but yeah, the Jets are a quality team at seven and four. They're right in the mix. They're in. They're in a playoff spot right now, just ahead of New England. But the the Patriots have to play the Bills this week, and and the Jets are in a situation where they have to stay ahead of New England because New England beat them twice. And that's one thing I would certainly recommend for the Vikings this week. And I'm sure that's the case for Kevin O'Connell and Ed Donatel and company that they're studying the tapes of those two jet losses to the Patriots. But a lot of that was on Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. who I, I think threw about five interceptions in those two games. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. We'll tell you more about them in a little bit. Once again, check out the rest of TalkNorth.com. Cheryl Reeve, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, uh, John Millay, John Krasinski, Jeff Diamond, Mike Grimm, Dave Lee, outdoor content, variety content. Check it all out. And uh, once again, thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. So, I mean, it's almost hard to talk about. I mean, the Vikings are going to win the division. They might clinch this weekend. They might have a lot of downtime, and we can get into that once they actually clinch. What do you do with uh, games that are not necessarily meaningful? How hard do you push for higher seats? All that stuff. All that's in the future. Right now, what we know is the Vikings have dominated the division. And the Packers are an absolute mess. Now they have Aaron Rodgers with the rib injury. Uh, they might not even, you know, who knows if, how much Aaron Rodgers even plays the rest of the year. But almost typical of Packers history, just when Rodgers gets hurt and it looks like a lost season, Jordan Love comes in and it looks good. What did, what did that mean to you to see Jordan Love actually look good under those circumstances? I thought he looked very good against, a, I did too. against a, an excellent defense in Philadelphia when the game was not necessarily decided at that point, he threw a, a really nice touchdown pass on a crossing route to Christian Watson. He, I thought he moved pretty well in the pocket, so much better than what we had seen from him in preseason limited appearances. And so, yeah, I think that I think Jordan Love really kind of sets up a interesting question in Green Bay of what they do with him going forward. Now, I, I know they still have him under contract next year, but is he trade bait if they decide to stay with Rodgers? Can they move Rodgers? And I haven't looked at, at Rodgers' cap number, but I, I presume it's it's very it's ridiculous, very high in dead money if if you were were to trade him at this point in time. Yep. And so I, I think from from those perspectives, the Jordan Love performance last week was very very impressive. And once they get eliminated, it sounds like Rodgers says he wants to play this week, and Lafleur is leaning that direction against the Bears because Rodgers has, as he always says, he owns the Bears. <laughs> so, And the Bears, of course, are all beat up on defense and traded their best players. 
So I'm sure Rogers would love to play this week. But if they once they get a, eliminated from the playoffs, which you can't really say with eight losses you're even eliminated if you if you run the table, nine and eight might sneak you in. Probably not this year. But I would certainly, if I was the Packers, plan to start Jordan Love. And I, I think there's a good shot the Vikings may see him on January 1st in Green Bay. Yes. And, uh, God, the Packers, this rivalry is always interesting. Something something dramatic will happen leading up to that week. Something will ha- dramatic will happen that week. Um, Darisaw going to miss another week with – it looks like Darisaw, we're talking here on Thursday morning, is going to miss another week with concussion. Uh, the way they're talking about it makes it sound to me like they're not completely sure when he's going to be back and completely healthy. Yeah, and, and he's a big loss. He was, I, yeah. I thought, playing at, at a Pro Bowl level this year, both he and Brian O'Neill. He's really a, an important guy. And certainly, I think Brantley has, has played okay in in his absence. But the problem is that they have to give so much extra help to him in, in protection. And so, uh, Brandell, I mean. And so from that standpoint, it, it's hard when you've you got Dalvin Cook having to chip, you've got uh, Brandell needing help, and then meanwhile inside. Now I think the good news against the Patriots, who were a very top defense coming in here, and the fact that the Vikings put up thirty three on them may have been the most impressive part of that of that Thanksgiving night victory that they were able to move the ball so effectively on on a really good defense. And mixing things up and going more to the quick passing game that they should have done against Dallas, the, and the fact that that O'Connell stuck with the run, even though Dalvin Cook was getting hammered inside and only had 42 yards on 22 carries, but still it helped set up the play action game. But I did I did see some strides made by Ed Ingram in that ball game inside. I thought he played a little more physical, and I, and I thought Bradbury hit, played pretty well and. He, I think, very quietly is having a pretty decent season, which will kind of set up an interesting decision for them in the offseason when he's a, a potential free agent because they didn't exercise his fifth-year option. But Bradbury ha- has been okay this year, and he had been a detriment in the past, a very up-and-down player. But this this game in particular against the Jets is going to be a real challenge for those guys inside. <clears throat> Talking about Ezra Cleveland also, <clears throat> Excuse me. Going against Quinn and Williams of the Jets, who is having a Pro Bowl season, eight sacks. He was the third overall pick in 2019. Ha- has come into his own this year, and he- he's kind of leading that Jets defense along with Sauce Gardner at corner, which also will be very interesting to see if they put him on Jefferson one on one with with some help, some safety help. Nobody can cover JJ one on one. We know that already except perhaps Darius Slay in the opener <laughs> second week against Philly, which I don't think that would even happen again if they try to do that, if they play in the playoffs. But Sauce Gardner is going to be a fun guy to watch. He is one of the leading candidates for, candidates for defensive player of the year, and, and he's a big part of the reason why the Jets have improved so much on defense. But a, as we said, that certainly the Vikings offensive line is going to suffer without Christian Darisaw. I would expect he will be back within a couple weeks, but I'm sure they're going to take their time with him, which they can afford to do to a certain extent when you're sitting with a a two-game lead over San Francisco for the number two seed. And that's really what their focus should be. 
more so than the division. The division is going to be going to be one in the next couple of weeks. We know that. But that number two seed is really important, I think, in order to get a, a better draw in the first round. You're going to get either a Seattle or a Washington, perhaps, because San Francisco is going to win the West. And then in the second round, most likely, they're going to draw San Francisco if they get out of that first round. And then perhaps Dallas goes to Philly. Well, San Francisco is going to be a tough out. And we'll talk about that more down the road. But the 49ers are playing pretty, pretty well, obviously, at this point. So but keeping that number two seed over San Francisco, I think, is, is really critical. That's why they can't just ease up and start resting players and pulling everybody out of the lineup until you get to the last week of the season and perhaps you've locked into that number two seed. Right. Uh, more on the Vikings, more on the division and the rest of the league. Let's thank, though, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC, and my great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. You'll see 3.99% APR on 2022 Buick SUV models and 3.9% APR on GMC Sierra 1500s and GMC terrains. There's a $2,500 purchase allowance on the Sierras and $750 purchase allowance on the terrains. No monthly payments for 90 days. Also, explore the GMC Sierra HD. The White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Thanks also to Platinum Bank. Platinum Bank, I'm happy to talk about our great sponsor. Platinum Bank is your bank a partner or simply a provider. In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So Deshaun Watson's coming back. To me, it's the worst story in the NFL. And uh, Ugh. <laughs> I know. Uh, the sad thing is he could actually make a difference. Yeah, well, that that's really sad. Although the Brown the Browns are sitting what four and seven now, so he he's got a lot of work to do to climb them out of that hole. And when a, a guy has not played for, I think the number was seven hundred days, mm-hmm. it's going to be difficult to expect him to beat the Deshaun Watson of old. But I definitely agree with you. I, I think it's it's just awful that he's even playing this year. I think he should have been suspended for the year with all the sexual assault, sexual harassment, lawsuits, and settlements in Houston. And it's it's totally bugged me ever since they announced that 11-game suspension and the fact that he would come back and play in Houston. It's just too convenient, 
too much of a ratings grab. I think the league should have fought that. Just it's just a bad look to have that be the game that he comes back. But Deshaun Watson obviously is a talented player. I, I hope that the, I hope the lousy Texans rise up and and rip him and 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 beat beat Watson and the Browns this week. That's my hope. That's my hope too. I doubt it's going to happen, but I can certainly hope. I do hope Deshaun comes back and plays horribly and makes the Browns regret uh, ever going down that road. But that's usually not the way things go. We'll 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 see how it goes. Um, the Eagles, uh, you know, they, listen, they made a lot of big plays against the Packers. They're in great shape. They're you know they've proven themselves to be the best team in the conference. But have you seen a lit- any regression at all the last few weeks from them? Yeah, I think we have. I think the fact that they allowed 33 points against the Packers, including Jordan Love beating him for a touchdown and just don't seem quite as dominant as they did earlier. Their big test is going to come in a couple of weeks when they face the Cowboys in Dallas. And so I, I wouldn't necessarily write Dallas off for that division yet because I think the Cowboys are playing better than the Eagles right now. And, and if they do meet in the playoffs, it would probably be in Philadelphia right now, but if the Cowboys can come back and win the division, then if they met in Dallas, I would right now pick Dallas over Philadelphia as as the better team. But we will see. Jalen Hurts, <laughs> you got to wonder, with all the carries he has and rushing for 157 yards against Green Bay and taking a lot of, a lot of hits, it just doesn't seem to be the most logical approach for Nick Sirianni at this point in the season when they're sitting at 10 and one to let their quarterback take that kind of physical abuse. So can they keep him healthy? He certainly is built like a a rock. (laughs) We know that. And the Vikings saw that in week two, but they're kind of treading a, a dangerous line with their quarterback, letting him carry the ball that much. The Eagles. Yeah. I think they're really good team. Are they great? Not necessarily, but then again, the Vikings are are, t- are what nine and two, and a lot of people are saying they're not necessarily great either. Well, as Bill Parcells says, you are what your record says you are, and nine and two and ten and one are great records. So whoever wants to to rip these two teams and question them, it really does not matter. And I, I've always said that. Because ultimately, what's most important, get as many wins as you can, get in the playoffs, and then see what happens and see how far you can go. So the fact that the Vikings have the number 32 pass defense or whatever, who cares right now if they're winning games? But it definitely is important, I think, for the Vikings to to get some help in that secondary we now know that Andrew Booth Jr. is out for the season. Now, he did not did nothing to impress this season and looked terrible against the Cowboys when he did start. Duke Shelley is, is a problem at, at corner, and the Patriots picked on him repeatedly. Uh, Caleb Evans looks like he's coming back this week. I thought he played really well in his time in there. That's important. They are, are hoping to get Cam Dancer back next week. That's important, but can they keep Cam and, and Caleb healthy going into the playoffs. They need those two guys for sure to get this other corner spot a little bit more solidified. And if you have to use Shelly, you use him on a, a very spot basis. So we'll see with that secondary. It's still a concern, 
coming down the stretch and, and heading into the playoffs where, where they could meet some dynamic passing teams. No doubt about it. Let's uh, continue our NFL discussion by making our picks. We will start off with Green Bay at Chicago. Yeah, I, I, I'll go with the Packers. I, I just think the Bears are they're beat up on defense. They're missing their – they traded away their two best players – Justin Fields, I don't know if he's scheduled to come back this week or not. I haven't seen anything definite in that regard. But without him, their offense suffers. And so I'll take Green Bay. I think that for some reason they don't believe they're out of it quite yet. And But I think the very strange thing this season, one of the strangest things in the whole league this year is the Packers' defense that – they have seemingly have so much talent at defense, and they just have not played well. And gave up forty points last week to the Eagles. But I'll take I'll take the pack. Yep, I'll take the pack. They're still playing hard. They can still run the ball, uh, and either quarterback might play well. Uh, I'm sure Rodgers will start. So yeah, that's an easy pick. Miami at San Francisco to me, one of the best games of the late season. Uh, you know the Dolphins emerging as a great passing offense. They can, you know, really interesting group of personalities and talents. The 49ers might be playing the best of any NFC team at this moment. Who do you like? Yeah, it's really too bad that that game is not in prime time. I know. I I think it's just a regular regional game, isn't it? Which is crazy. I think it is. Yeah, it's it's too bad. It's such a great matchup where you got one of the best offenses in the league against, against the best defense in the league right now in San Francisco. And, yeah, it's it's a it's a tough game, but it's in San Francisco. The 49ers are hot as as Miami is. They have not lost with Tua playing, but I think Tua may take some shots in this game from that 49er front. So I, I'll take San Francisco, but it, I think it's a close game. I agree with you. I think San Francisco is playing even better than the Dolphins, and that and the Dolphins have to make one of the longest trips in the NFL. Miami, although it's San Francisco, I will definitely take the home team in that one. Washington at the Giants, two teams that we don't think are all that great, and yet they're playing well enough to be, you know, contending for for playoff spots. Who do you like there? Yeah, this is a, a tough call too. The Commanders have won, I think, a six out of seven. The only loss to the Vikings in that stretch. So it's. I think a a very close game to call in New York. I will. God, this is this is really a tough one, Jim. I, I think that are, are the Giants favored or is Washington? I think Giants are favored by like one or two, right? I think that's right. I can double check it. Yeah, I, I just think Washington is playing better right now. I'll, I'll take the Commanders once again. I'm with you. I think that uh, Washington's just a better team right now. And, and listen, I've I've said before. I'm on record saying that I don't think Heineke is a long-term starter in the NFL, but I have to give him credit. He's played well, and maybe, maybe I'm underestimating him. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think there's, there's some truth in that, that he, he is doing enough to, to get the job done there, clearly. And as we said, the commanders are playing well, and they've got a dominant defense. We know that led by Jonathan Allen and, and Payne inside. Giants are favored by uh, – actually, I'm sorry. It looks like Washington favored by two and a half. Do I have that right? Uh, and that does not surprise me. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Kansas City at Cincinnati. Interesting ma- uh, rematch. Uh, Mahomes continues to find a way to win the games. I will say he made a couple of the worst throws I've ever seen in my life from him last week, including a completely inexplicable interception in the end zone. But he's still winning. The Bengals won a big game in Tennessee last week, which also was a rematch of a playoff win. I think they're playing really well. I, I love watching Joe Burrow play, and it sounds like Jamar Chase is coming back. 
it's it, another really tough call, but I'm, I'm going to go with, with Cincinnati at home. I, I think they're now tied for the division lead with Baltimore. I think the game is bigger for them than it is for Kansas City, even though the Chiefs want revenge from that, from that AFC title game. I'll, I'll take Cincinnati at home. Oh, once again, I agree with you. And now the big one, Jets at Vikings Sunday afternoon. Again, I think this might be the toughest matchup the Vikings have the rest of the way. Who do you like? Yeah, it, it's, I think, a very close game to call. I think one thing that's really interesting about this Vikings team, and we talked earlier, Jim, about some of the national pundits who say they're not as good as their record, blah, blah, blah. But when you think about their season, and they do have four wins over winning teams, including three of those on the road, they're 3-0 and against the AFC East which is maybe the best division in the league or one of the top divisions in the league, and they could get a 4-0 sweep with a win this week. I think they're going to do it. I think that they, they beat the Jets. I think it's another one-score game, another close game. It's, I think they'll be relatively low scoring with the Jets playing pretty good defense. I think the Vikings will benefit from, from getting Evans back, getting, <clears throat> getting Tomlinson back to help their defense a little bit. I think they can force White into some turnovers. His history was he, he had a, he'd have a great game, and then he'd have a lousy game. I think last year against Buffalo, he threw four interceptions. He won't throw four this week, but he might throw two. So I'll take the Vikings, and I'll, I'll call it about a 24-20 win. That sounds just about right to me as well. So we will be back here on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider to talk about the Jets, set up the Lions game next week. Also, please check out the Viking Update show. It's John Krasinski and me offering the writer's view on the Vikings uh, and check out all the other shows at talknorth.com. Jeff, give us a final thought. Well, final thought. Talk about why the Vikings are 9-2. and two. Special teams are a big part of that. And we saw Wang, Wu, Wang Wu's uh, 97-yard kickoff return kind of have been waiting for him to bust one, and he had a couple of really good blocks on the play by C.J. Ham. Almost a, a little bit of a hold by C.J., but he got away with it, which is great, <laughs> and Josh Metellus on the play. And Ryan Wright, who quietly has had a, really a, an excellent season, drew that run into the kicker call that was huge on the final drive, and he averaged almost 53 yards a, a kick with three punts inside the 20. He's been a big factor. Greg Joseph is still kind of an anomaly, <clears throat> 15 for 15 on field goals inside of 50, yet he's missed five PATs. It hasn't cost the Vikings yet. He can't be missing these PATs down the down the stretch here. No, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do uh, if he does. Uh, I think they're just crossed fingers at this point. Sometimes management, Jeff, as you know, is just a matter of crossing your fingers. Yeah, and, and I saw they brought in Blankenship to their practice squad this week, so maybe trying to, to tweak a little bit of... Uh, pressure onto joseph we'll see yep. if that's going to work or if it's yeah. going to backfire <laughs> it's uh mike zimmer days all over again hey thanks <laughs> to jeff thanks to brianne and thanks for listening to jeff diamonds vikings and nfl insider we'll talk to you next week